week one of the NFL season it was. This is Believe in Betting LA, episode 13, believe it or not, Chris. We have made our teenage years. I'm your host, Sam Maxwell, uh, joined as always by Chris Lewert from Stag Capital. How are you doing this fine Wednesday evening, Chris? Very, very lovely. Uh, fall, if you can call it that, has entered Los <laughs> Angeles, it seems. <laughs> What's the definition of fall besides football season? Yeah, besides football season, which probably defines it the most. Uh, well, for me growing up, it was the changing of the leaves, which I quite not enjoyed. Happening and here. Yeah, not happening here. Uh, light changing. Ja- yeah, not light, happening here. Yeah, light, <laughs> light jacket weather, not, not really exactly happening here. But uh, you know what maybe marks the signs of the times is that our good friend Hunter Henry is once again injured. That's how you know it's fall, because football begins and Hunter Henry hits the DL. That's a little Sorry, bit unfair Hunter. because last time he got injured was actually in the spring. Oh, that's right. Was last spring. Year. So, Sorry. so really when you say fall, you mean it's football season, which I think we can all kind of get behind. Uh, again, this is Believe in Benning LA, episode 13. We're on the Believe Podcast Network. That's B-L-E-A-V. You can find all the Believe Podcasts. And congratulations to the Believe Podcast Network. It just hit 100 podcast shows. There is an immendous plethora of different podcasts uh, anywhere. But I've detailed these many times, but there's uh, probably about 25 to 30 sports podcasts, in, including specific teams. There's plenty of betting content like we're doing here, Believe in Betting LA. Uh, there's all kinds of other great stuff there. So go on and check out some of our friends there at the Believe Contest Network. Uh, and we're going to talk about college football week three here a couple of difficult tests for both the bruins and the trojans we're also going to talk of course about the nfl best bets for our local teams and we're gonna get a best bet for both college and nfl as well before we move on and talk about more football let's talk about my bookie once again very aptly named chris bet with my bookie of course that's how they're called and my bookie is where we place our bets as well mybookie.ag uh, if you're going to bet anywhere, you might as well bet with my bookie. It's easy, it's fast, and of course, the most important part about my bookie, Chris, they pay you when you win, and that's what you want from your bookie. They're going to be the best place to go out and put any of your football best bets, your good bets, your leans. You can take the best bets that we're going to give you here today, throw it on my bookie, see how you do. They have a tremendous matching bonus, and they're going to get you exactly where you need to be. All you have to do is provide the bets, and they will get you there. So go to mybookie.ag. Use the code ARENA, that's A-R-E-N-A, to activate the offer. Promo code ARENA. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win. And what happens next, Chris? You get paid? You get paid. paid. You get paid. I mean, that's my favorite part. Well, the winning part is pretty fun as well. So go to mybookie. It's aptly named, and it's going to get you exactly what you need in terms of all your betting needs. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about – well, first, let's sum up last week. Uh, I had another very ho-hum week. I'm very happy to say I went 3-3-1. and one. It looks like it's going to be a lot worse at the time. 5-5-1 uh, five, five and one overall for me. So I am dead even right now. If there's a VIG, I'd be losing. If there's no VIG, I would be dead even. Chris, another fantastic week. You went 7-2 and two last week, right? Or was it 8-1? and one? It was 8-1. and one. I, eight I had yeah, underestimated the uh, amount of points being scored in Stanford and USC and marked that a, an L on that over. But uh, lo and behold, SC decided to run it up a little bit. So thank you, Southern Cal. Well, you said last week if you had a, a cocktail or five, you would take the over. So did you actually have five cocktails? Otherwise, this bet is a void. That's right. I, okay, so in, in all fairness, I definitely didn't get to five cocktails, but I may have had three. I was at a wedding. Um, so so I was, seven and one, I'd say. Let's put seven and two, yeah. Okay, the seven, <laughs> one, and one? Seven, yeah, one, and no, one, so you fair? don't get the loss for this. You just, you just don't get the win outright because you were not a man of your word when it came to taking right. down those five cocktails or so. Nonetheless, a very impressive start to the season for Chris 
my partner. 12, 2, and 1 is your total so far, which means you should probably fade Chris right now because the Gretchen to the mean is coming sooner or later for Chris. 12, 2, and 1. That is a tremendous start to the season here. You're up uh, about 11 units right now. So a good start for Chris, an okay start for me. I hit on UCLA very easily. Uh, the under, excuse me, not, not certainly not in winning that game. Uh, the under easily hit. The SC under, which I liked a lot last week, two backup quarterbacks. I guess it was too obvious. That was smash. Uh, and Keaton Slovis looked absolutely amazing. We'll talk about him a little bit further. My best bet in college, Fresno State. I had them plus three at home against the Minnesota Gophers. That one went to overtime. Fresno State ends up losing by three, so I get a push on that one. I lost on the Colts' first half. I did hit on the Colts overall, plus seven. That one was a crazy game, and we both lost on the Panthers' first half as they host the Rams. The Rams with a very impressive road victory there. They even covered that one, as you mentioned. So 3-3-1 three, three, for me, 8-1 for Chris, 5-5-1 five, five, overall. Chris is the standard bear right now at 12-2-1. Let's move on. Let's talk about this week. We're going to start with those mighty UCLA Bruins. They're hosting uh, really the game of the season for UCLA. They're hosting Oklahoma, the Oklahoma Sooners, Lincoln Riley, Jalen Hurts, and the Sooners are coming to town here. Chris, give me your initial thoughts for this game here. UCLA is a 23-point home underdog. The over-under is 73-and-a-half. This game is Saturday evening, 5 o'clock at the Rose Bowl. I actually think that uh, the Bruins might be lucky they're playing Oklahoma because if Chip Kelly shows another performance, that team shows another performance like they did against San Diego State, he might get fired uh, before he gets off the airplane. Um, like, like the on-the-spot thing, like Lane Kiffin got? Uh, yeah, like poor Lane Kiffin, yeah, was Lane Kiffin <laughs> trying to get on the airplane to go back to L.A. or something, and they wouldn't let him on. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think the only saving grace for for UCLA is that no one is going to expect them to, to do much in this game. Uh, I think old Chip is really going to have to to rally the troops here, uh, the best victory he's going to see is is a moral one in this particular game. Uh, Oklahoma, well, really weak on defense. Don't let anybody fool you there. Oklahoma's defense is is not good, uh, but that offense is just going to stomp you at UCLA into dust. You really kind of get the feeling this is almost a last stand for Chip Kelly and UCLA. I don't think he's going to be fired after this game, but you know if they get embarrassed. Uh, this is going to be, you know, certainly the beginning of the end for Chip Kelly. Um, he, you know, really, if you look at it, this season he's 0-2. Last season he won, I believe, three games, correct? Uh, the last season in San Francisco of the NFL, he went 2-14. and Then he lost four of his last five uh, with the Eagles. So, I mean, we're looking at only five total wins for Chip Kelly in his last four and a half seasons of play here. It's extremely embarrassing uh, for the UCLA Bruins here. And, you know, they did get out and they, they – Got to a fast start here. They scored a touchdown to open up on their opening drive. 7-0 UCLA against San Diego State. San Diego State came right back. It tied the game up, and they really dominated from there on out. They ended up winning 23-14. to That was an utter embarrassment for UCLA. San Diego State is certainly a fine team. This is not one of the best teams the Aztecs have had in recent years. I don't think it's nearly as, as competitive as a team as, let's say, SC faced in their opener uh, against Fresno State. It'll be interesting those two teams play each other uh, a little bit later. But yes, UCLA, this is a must-show-up game. <laughs> I was going to say a must-win game. Uh, it's a game they have to be competitive. And 
before the season, you can actually bet in this game. Uh, it was 11 and a half, 12 and a half, 13 and a half. This is all the way up to 23 points. I think we're going to see this continue to climb here. I'm going to go ahead and take the Bruins here. I think they have a little bit of pride on the table. I think they're going to come out. They're going to score the ball. They're going to drive the ball down the field. Uh, they're going to have to in order to keep up with Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma. And this is an interesting point that I heard on uh, the Dream Preview podcast. Brad Powers brought this up, and it's an interesting point in this handicap. Lincoln Riley, you know, obviously – uh, is is a part of the same line of offensive uh, play calling and thinking and scheming as Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly is the godfather, so to speak, in this. If Oklahoma gets up big in this game, how much is he going to push the pedal to the metal? Does he want to embarrass Chip Kelly? He certainly wants to beat the mentor and the mentee. You know, you want to obviously prove yourself, but I don't think he wants to embarrass Chip Kelly. And I don't think they're going for a blowout here. I think a UCLA, a win over UCLA on the road would be a win for them. Uh, but there's a couple reasons I like UCLA. Number one, I think this is their last stand. Uh, number two, teams that travel out west, we've talked about this a few times, uh, it's a big disadvantage for them. It's not quite as big of a disadvantage uh, as the West Coast teams going out to the east and playing early games. But this is, you know, a 7 o'clock start time for Oklahoma and, and their time. It's a 5 o'clock start time, the Rose Bowl. They're coming out here. They're probably taking you slightly very lightly after watching film of the first two games here. And I think the Bruins certainly have a chance to cover this. This is a huge spread, Chris. This is three-plus touchdowns. I think UCLA is going to end up closing that line. Uh, and I do think this ends up getting up over that 24 points uh, kind of barrier that we discussed sometimes there. Uh, so I do like, not lean, I like UCLA here. I've been burned twice in a row by the UCLA Bruins, and uh, we'll see here. But uh, something to note here, UCLA, this is how bad things have gotten for the Bruins football program. Uh, they send every season ticket holder uh, for UCLA four free tickets to this game that they can disperse uh, as needed. And, uh, you know, I know this because my girlfriend's boss actually emailed their entire company to see if they were, they were doing a raffle for, the, for his four tickets. So uh, an utter embarrassment for UCLA. I mean, I just, I just don't think we've seen uh, any program at that school suffer quite this much. I mean, there were some lean years there, but uh, it's never been worse. But I do think they're going to go ahead. They're going to cover this spread here. It's a 23-point spread. So I'm going to plant my flag here one last time in the UCLA field, uh, and we'll see what happens here. Any thoughts, Chris, on the over-under? 73.5. That's a lot. Obviously, two high-scoring offenses, but UCLA can barely move the ball against Cincinnati. They can barely move the ball against San Diego State. They've scored a combined 28 points so far this season. Is there any possible way this overhits? That's I don't I don't think so. And that's actually my bet on this game is I like the first half under, which is 38. Uh, I'm seeing that at minus 100. Uh, I think kind of what you alluded to, I think Oklahoma is going to take this a little easy. I don't think Lincoln Riley wants to embarrass him, at least not early in the game. I think he you might see them try and run up a couple touchdowns late just to, you know, coaches poll and AP poll and and the smell test and all that sort of thing. They're going to want to blow him out, but they're not going to want to beat him by 50, I don't think. Uh, so I really like that first half under. I think <laughs> Oklahoma is going to take their take their time. I think they're going to be methodical. I don't think they're going to try and, and blow the barn doors off immediately. So I really like that first half under. You could twist my arm and probably get the second half under too. Um, ultimately, it's going to come down to that value you can find. Uh, I just, I don't see UCLA doing much of anything. I just, I mean, like you said, they can't move the ball against Cincinnati, can't move the ball against San Diego State. It just, I just don't, where are they going to do it? Is now going to be the mm -hmm. time? Are they suddenly going to wake up? Um, I don't want anything to do with UCLA other than than fading them at this point. Uh, I commend <laughs> you for, for planting your flag with them once more. Eventually, if you keep doing it, eventually you run into one, right? 
Um, well, well, let's talk about this. You know, Oklahoma, for as impressive as we think they've been, they did not cover their opener at home against Houston. That was a big spread. They did cover a very large spread against South Dakota. They beat them uh, by, you know, 60 points or whatever. That was a 44-point spread. Uh, that was their first FCS team they played since 2012. I'm not putting any stock into that. You know, Oklahoma gets a lot of buzz here, but I just don't know why it's such a big spread. I think I would price this around 18 and a half, 19 and a half, something like that. I think we're getting the benefit of the doubt here, a couple points at least. And what I omitted to say is I really like the tease here. I like pushing it up over four touchdowns. If you can get UCLA at plus 29, and then if you could take the under 79 and a half, I think both those things end up hitting. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and plant my flag here, not only in the Bruins plus 23, but I really like that teaser as well. If anything, I'll put more units on that teaser. And, and I really do like your, your bet there of the first half under in, in the total game under as well. Let's move on. Let's talk about SC from the lowest of the valleys of UCLA football to, I wouldn't say the highest of the peaks for SC. That would be obviously uh, unfair to the glory years of, of Trojan football. But here we go. We had Keaton Slovis. He he makes his collegiate debut. Uh, and he looks very good in the second half of their opener against Fresno State. Comes out, makes his first start against Stanford. Absolutely crushes it. This kid is extremely impressive for a true freshman. And a lot of SC fans and, and different medium folks think that they found their next star quarterback. Uh, if you remember, a similar kind of thing happened to Sam Darnold. Wasn't necessarily an injury, but he did not start the season uh, as a starter. Came on, I think it was a game, a road game at Utah. And you saw him and you thought, there's no doubt this guy's going to be the starter for the rest of his time. And then that season, he grew and matured. And he was a star right before our eyes. I'm not saying Slovis is going to become the next Sam Darnold. But similar circumstances here. SC with a huge win last week at home against Stanford. A momentum, a program momentum kind of building uh, week here. And then the best news of all for <laughs> SC yesterday, Lynn Swan, the much maligned athletic director, former star receiver for SC, resigns. I think normally these things don't necessarily good, do well for a program. This has been a long time coming for Lynn Swan. Nobody that I've ever talked to related to that university has any strong feelings about him, at least in a positive manner, as an athletic director. I think this is actually something where the tide will raise everything for SC football here. Uh, this is a difficult spot for them, though. Going on the road, they're taking on BYU. BYU is coming off of a 29-26 overtime victory at Tennessee. So this is an interesting game here, Chris. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so Reelan Swan, I think he had to go. You had the admission scandal, uh, the athletic department directly involved in that sort of thing, uh, football team faltering. Uh, guy had to go. I'm actually surprised it, it kind of lasted so long, and this to me feels like a, a way to kind of usher him out when news is focused on other things in the NFL and in football landscape, and he can kind of quietly go away. So uh, I guess hat tip to the SC brass for letting him kind of exit in a graceful manner, as it were. Um, my bet in this game is the full game under, which I'm seeing at 55 half, uh, and I'm seeing that at plus 103. I'd like a little bit better price than that. Maybe if you get the game time, I think I think we'll get there. Um, I think Slovis looked good. I do not think Stanford is a very good football team. I think that's going to play out throughout the year. And watching Slovis, and this is listen, this is not. I'm not knocking him that I don't think he's talented or he did the wrong thing or I wasn't seeing what I wanted to see, but it was one look stuff. He was getting a snap. He was doing his drop back. He was turning to his wide receiver and he was throwing it. He wasn't going through many progressions that I saw. He was just turning and throwing. And mm -hmm. I think that's I think that's a great thing to do when you're you're a freshman. You're coming out. It's your first start. You've got much much better receivers um, than Stanford's DBs. You're, you're the talent gap is there. Take advantage of it. Don't overthink it. Just throw it. Uh, just throw it. And that's what I saw from him. That's smart. It, it clearly got the job done. 
Uh, I think he's going to have a little bit of tougher sledding against BYU. They're a better team than Stanford, I think. Um, so I think you're going to see him struggle a little bit more. Um, but I like that under 55.5 uh, just seems like a lot of points to me um, for these teams to put up. Road game, SC going there, new quarterback. Um, again, it's not about what I think is going to happen. It's what I think the price is going to be best. And right now I'm going to guess as we get close to game time that under is going to be where you're going to want to put your money. I'm actually seeing 56 and a half. So if you like the under, it's, it's getting even better here. Uh, and let's be real. You know, BYU is a ball control run the ball kind of team. They want to shorten the game, especially I think they know uh, they're going to be outmanned outgunned in this game. So Saturday at 12.30 p.m., this is in Provo, Utah, Lavelle, Edwards Stadium. As we mentioned, that SC win is really their biggest win in, in several years. Slovis looked like the absolute real deal. Um, let's take a deep breath here before we proclaim that SC is back. But I do think Lynn Swan being gone, and by the way, very curious timing coming off of uh, the aforementioned big win. Uh, my thought was that Clay Helton and Lynn Swan made a friendly wager on huh. beating Stanford. And, and you know, obviously we saw what happened there. Lynn, Lynn Swan's gone and Clay Helton kept his job here. And, and let's not forget here, the, the Trojans are still playing for Clay Helton's job here. They're going to bring in a new AD. That AD is going to want to pick their own coaching candidate. Okay, so Clay Helton's going to really not, not only need to win this game, they're going to need to go for the entire Utah sweep, getting a win next week uh, when they host Utah, uh, and then they play at Notre Dame. So they're really going to need to win probably 10 games to keep Clay Helton's job. This is one of those pivotal moments in the season here that can springboard themselves into conference play with a, another nice road win, or obviously they falter. Uh, I do like SC in this game here. Look, BYU, they're coming off of a 29-26 victory. And it was on Elon Stadium in Tennessee. That's a nice win. But if you've watched any Tennessee this year, you know that is a bad, bad team. So <laughs> I'm not really giving them much credit for that. It is a nice win for them. I also like the, and I really love the under here. Look, as good as Selvis looked last week, he's only played at home. Going on the road, playing in front of a raucous environment is a completely different situation. This BYU defense isn't great, but I do think they have a lot of pride here. They have athletes. They're not going to be, uh, you know, the speed gap isn't as big as we tend to think here. I do think the overall uh, skill level advantage that SC has is going to be enough to win this game handily. Uh, but I'm going to lean on SC covering here. I'm going to like, fully like the under here. And that's because I do think not only the slow of a struggle, just a tad, I do think BYU is going to control this game. Look, last week it was 46 points. As he blew that out of the water. This week, 56 and a half. Now, that's too much of an overreaction, I think, to how Slovis looked last week. So I'm going to go ahead and take the under 56.5. Time for college best bets here, Chris. Give me a brief best bet for you in college this week. So this one may be coming a little bit out of left field, but I, again, this is, I'm just looking through values. I'm looking through prices and I'm trying to pick out what is, what is sticking out to me as something that's going to be a good value. So check your, check your prices. But right now, Air Force at Colorado, Air Force money line plus 159. Uh, I don't think Colorado is any great shakes. I don't think Air Force mine's going on the road. Uh, it's an early game. It's a 10 a.m. start time. I think Colorado might be out, might be spending some late nights there. And I like the discipline of the cadets to uh, to bring out a money line victory as my college best bet. Are the Air Force isn't the cadets, right? It's Army, isn't Air Force the? Well, yeah, the cadets. But I'm, you know, okay. I don't know. What do you call it? You're in the Air Force. You're uh, sure, Academy. Sure. The, what are you? The uh, student body of the Air Force Academy, obviously, right, right down the road there, Colorado Springs. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of blue at that stadium. This is an interesting best bet because. 
Colorado obviously riding high right now. Mel Tucker's tenure cannot be going any better. Uh, they beat and cover against Colorado State in their opener. That was at Empower Field in Denver. We'll talk about that a little bit later at Mile High Stadium. And then old rival, old Big 12 rival, Nebraska comes to town there. That was an excellent game. I don't know if you saw any of that, but Colorado ends up coming back to win. Badger alumni, Mel Tucker riding high here. That's an interesting best bet because coming off of a huge win like that, this is a total letdown spot for the Buffs. Uh, I kind of like that one as well. My college best bet, we're going to go from talking about how bad Stanford looked last week to talking about how bad I think Stanford is going to look this week. Look, when we think about Stanford football, we think about a really, really strong, well-coached, disciplined program. We think about all the NFL talent they've been able to crank out. We think about how smart of a team they are, how well-coached they are under David Shaw. I think we're seeing a transition here. I think we're seeing Stanford kind of finally run out of those players, those skill position players, the speed. It looks like a completely different program last week against SC. Now, you lose your starting quarterback with KJ Costello. He's in the concussion protocol. He may or may not play again. But if they get him back, that's a huge boost. If they don't get him back, I think we're seeing this spread again balloon. Right now, you can get Central Florida at home at minus eight. That may seem expensive, but right now, I think this is a great bet. I think this is going to go up to 10.5 if Costello is announced to be out. I like the Golden Knights here. Look, all the Golden Knights do is win games, okay? It doesn't matter, <laughs> it doesn't matter who their coach is. They've had Scott Frost. They've had George O'Leary. It doesn't matter. They win regular season games. It doesn't matter who their QB is. They've had injuries there. Mackenzie Milton still not playing. They're winning. They're winning regular season games. That's all they do at home. They are a different beast, okay? I think this should be more like a 13.5, 14-point spread here. I think UCF absolutely cruises. I don't think this is one you even have to sweat. That's my college best bet of the week. The Central Florida goal of the Knights, minus eight at home in Orlando, hosting Stanford. And this is actually a pretty big, big, uh, pretty big game for the Pac-12 as well if Stanford can get that win. So best bets recap here. You like... Who did I get there for you? The Air Force Falcons. So <laughs> that, Falcons. That's how memorable it was for me. Air yes. Force, okay, and that, that yeah. triple option attack there. You like them uh, going into Colorado, a trap game for the Buffs. And my best bet, of course, is UCF minus eight. Let's move on. Let's talk NFL football there. Just real briefly here. I just want to take you know a moment to kind of smell the roses. I had red zone going. I actually had red zone and two different games going. It was just beautiful uh, on Sunday. Uh, some great fantasy football. We had Lamar Jackson had an amazing debut. Well, not debut, but uh, 2019 season opener debut. He looked incredible. You had Dalvin Cook look explosive. Austin Eckler, our boy, looked amazing. Justin Jackson, another one of our boys, did not get him any opportunities. Looked amazing. I just want to take a deep breath here and enjoy how amazing the NFL is. Let's move on. Let's talk about week two of the NFL season. And you can't talk about week two of the NFL season without talking about the game of the week. Saints at Rams. This is, of course, a rematch of the 2018 NFC Championship game that had all kinds of issues and criticism. A very maligned end of that game. Of course, the no call on the pass interference penalty. Now, of course, there's a challenge for that. So, I do think the Saints are going to be extremely motivated in this game here. Uh, but there is some very severe home road splits for not just Drew Brees. That's very well documented. We've now had enough of a sample size to know that this is actually a thing for Jared Goff as well. He's a much, much better quarterback at home. The weather is going to be fantastic. This Sunday, it's 125 from the Coliseum. What are your thoughts here, Chris? Rams are favored by two and a half, and the over is 52 
give me your thoughts on this game. Drew Brees. Uh, one all time. Want to take a quick quick uh, bow for that Monday night game? That uh, Saints was Texans amazing. Was if you like offensive football? That was just right. Was one of the better uh, better Monday night football games I can I can remember in recent memory. So uh, I think a good start overall for the NFL. Uh, I wish I would have enjoyed it more on Sunday, except I was busy watching the Cardinals look awful for three and a half quarters, uh, sweating a, a pretty big teaser. But but I digress. Uh, Saints and Rams. I actually uh, I'll jump the shark here. My best bet is actually Saints money line at plus one eighteen. Uh, I think the Saints have. Is it a chip? Is it a block? Is it a whole building on their shoulder at this point? Um, with how how kind of they they feel like they're being persecuted and treated by the league, uh, obviously a chance to take some measure of revenge here. I think they're going to come out just absolutely firing. I think the Saints match up pretty well with the Rams. That was a good game until that pass interference call uh, last year. I just I think they've got a little more to prove. I think the Rams are holding Gurley back. I think you saw that with his his twelve carries. Um, and I just think the Saints are going to want it a little bit more, and I think McVay and the Rams are probably okay to let them have it if they want it that bad. Um, these guys are teams this good, are, are, I think, are, are playing for the long term here, as you're seeing with the, the management on Gurley. So uh, I like the Saints in this one. Um, I'm taking them on the money line, assuming that the price is right. Right now I'm seeing plus 118. I would love if that climbed up to 120 or a little bit north of that, um, but keep an eye on something like that. Overall, uh, I think it's going to be a good game. I'm sure this is one of the game of the weeks for sure. Um, it's going to be uh, it's going to be very enjoyable. Let me ask you this: We talk about how the Saints have that chip on their shoulder, very valid. Don't you think that's kind of priced into the line already? If if these two teams did not meet in the NFC Championship game last year, let's just blank that from our memory. Let's look at in a vacuum. What do you think the spread would be otherwise? I'm thinking it would be more than two and a half. I think it would cross that three threshold, three and a half, four. I think it would be more like that. So I think this is already kind of priced into that line. I think you're probably right. I think it would be a three and a half if if there wasn't kind of that that rivalry, uh, which would be great. If I saw this, at, you know, I'm seeing uh, Saints minus 107 at plus two and a half. If I could get Saints plus three and a half at minus so 107. It's a completely different bet at that point. Yeah, completely different bet at that point. But that once you get past that three and a half, it's just it's just absolute gold. Um, but I think you're right. I think it, that is priced in. I think the betting public, uh, is taking that in mind and they probably will be hammering the saints and that's something to watch. So, uh, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Wednesday night here, right. I'm saying it's plus plus one eighteen on the money line. If that gets driven down, you know, talk to me on, on Sunday morning and I'm probably going to have the exact opposite bet. I'm going to tell you mm-hmm. that you should be backing up the dump truck for the Rams because the public has, has swayed this line so greatly in favor. It's an interesting game. It's an interesting line because, you know, what's a public bet in this game? It's going to be, of course, taking the Saints. If you watch that game at all, if you have any knowledge of what's going on uh, in this game, you're going to take the Saints. Normally speaking, the very public bet would be the Rams. At home, this would be a smash spot. Um, look, they, these two teams played twice last season. Both games were at the Superdome. We had a regular season game. It was an absolute shootout. The Rams just barely lost. That swung home field advantage. And then, of course, you had the NFC Championship game that ended up going the Rams' way. It was a very close game. Both were extremely close. I just don't know why... We're giving the Saints the benefit of the doubt here. If they lost Monday night to Houston, this we'll be thinking about this game in an entirely different light. And look, that 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 Houston offense absolutely destroyed the Saints. I mean, you can't give up a touchdown, 75-yard touchdown drive in two plays in 11 seconds. I mean, look, I think this is an absolute smash spot for Jared Goff 
in the Rams aerial attack. I think I was, you know, I was very impressed with how the Rams came out last week. It wasn't a, you know, huge win against Carolina, but that's a difficult game to go on the road and play a team that's, I think, a much improved team. 10 a.m. kickoff going west to east. I think the Rams are in a good spot here. I'm not going to go ahead and like this, but I do lean Rams minus two and a half. My bet in this game is going to be very counterintuitive to how I normally bet. I'm actually going to take the over here, over 52. And I think this is going to be a very competitive game throughout. As we saw in the regular season game last year, we saw some fireworks down the stretch there. I think we're going to see much of the same in this one. 52 is really not that high of an over-under. It seems very high, but both these offenses can get it done. And I think we have question marks about both these defenses. The Rams last week surrendered 27 points to the Panthers. Uh, they scored 30, of course. In the Saints, they absolutely, that game was explosive. So I expected this to be more like 54, 55 even. So I think we're getting a little bit of a benefit of the doubt here. Uh, and, and I think it's going to be close enough to where we're going to see some artificial points being scored later. We may even be blessed with a little bit of overtime. That obviously always helps uh, the over. So uh, this is weird to say because this is probably the first and maybe the only time this whole year I'm going to take the over, but I'm going to go ahead and lean to over 52. Let's move on. Let's talk about the Chargers. They looked impressive for about three quarters against the Colts on Sunday. They looked very unimpressive down the stretch there. And, of course, they ended up winning in overtime. They're taking on the Lions in Detroit. Minus two and a half Chargers, the over under is 47 and a half. This is a 10 a.m. start time from Ford Field in Detroit. What are your thoughts on Chargers at Lions? Uh, I can't really get enough down on the Chargers. I think they're great. I think Melvin Gordon should have taken that contract. I think Austin Eckler and Mr. Jackson are a nice tandem. I think they're hitting on all cylinders. I mean, that game, you're like, oh, but the Colts. The Colts are actually, I think the Colts are going to surprise people. Um, Colts look very good. Yeah, I said this before. Um, Marlon Mack is good. Colts offensive line is good. Uh, Jacoby Brissett played the entire preseason. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, take notes, you idiot. Um, there's going to be a separate Believe podcast for me to rant about the Bears, by the way, so look for that to, to come out soon. Um, I think the Chargers are a really good team. I don't think they're going to mind going to that time zone. They're professionals. Phillip Rivers is going to be pacing the hallways, making sure everybody's in bed by 8 p.m., like he does with his 14 children. And uh, minus two half is not is not enough, in my opinion, for that team. Um, I'm almost taking this. Uh, so you're taking it, this confidently. It sounds like. Yes, confidently. And I'll use okay. a made up word. Irregardless of the of the spread, I like the Chargers here. Minus two half is not enough points. Um, so you're not worried about going on the road, a home opener for the Lions, west nope. to east. The Chargers coming off of a, of a pretty nice emotional win. You're not worried about that at all. Nope, playing in a dome, I think that is just fine. The Chargers don't necessarily have a home field advantage uh, thus far. What, what's what's the name of our new Home Depot StubHub Center now? What are we? The uh, Dignity Health Sports Park, I believe. <laughs> it just it rolls off the tongue. Uh, they are. Yeah, not not quite like Ford Field does. <laughs> right. So I think they're I think they're going to be fine going on the road. Uh, I think outdoor teams actually don't mind playing in domes at all. I think it's the opposite that you can run into trouble. Home opener, don't care. Um, big, big fan of the Chargers here. I think they look good. I think that defense is really good, um, especially when a Bosa is actually playing and not standing on the sidelines in sweatpants. Yeah, I mean, look, I was, I was really, really impressed with this Chargers team for most of that game, but the way the Colts went down the field, they scored that touchdown. They ended up scoring the game tying two point conversion. It has me really weary about this Chargers team. I think we've saw. Uh, we've seen some of their best football. I don't know if that's going to be a replicable. Look, Austin Eckler looked amazing 
I don't think it's fair to say he's as good as Melvin Gordon. That was a spot where he was going to smash. He was not an efficient runner in that game. Justin Jackson, on the other hand, was, but he was extremely efficient in those dump-offs. We have the Hunter Henry injury today. He's going to be out four to six weeks. We've got Mike Williams banked up. So I think this Chargers team is going to struggle to move the ball. Their offensive line is uh, still extremely banked up. Look, I was not at all impressed with this Lions team in that game. They, they tied. I mean, come on. But yeah. they, they blew that game down the stretch there. But uh, this is a spot I'm, I'm actually really worried about the Chargers here. I'm not worried enough to bet against them, but I'm certainly worried enough to not bet on them. My <laughs> bet in this game is going to be 47.5. I'm taking the under here back to hashtag my brand, taking that under 47.5. The Lions are someone that want to, they're a team that want to run the ball, control the clock. Generally speaking, Daryl Bevel is their offensive corner. He's known for doing that. Uh, so I think they're going to try to control the game. I think they're going to get off to an early lead. Uh, and I think they're going to try to coast and try to burn clock here. And I don't think we're going to see it quite reach that 47 and a half point total. So I'm going to take the under in this game, 47 and a half. All right, let's move on. We've got two more bets here. One each, our best bet from the NFL week two. What is yours, Chris? Uh, as I said, I got ahead of myself. I think that Saints money line and more than anything, I mean, I believe in the Saints in that game, certainly, but more than anything, I, I'm counting on it in, at this early hour to be priced right. This is the sort of thing that I might jump on and throw some money down now because like we discussed, I think that uh, public action is going to drive the price the wrong direction if you want to be a Saints better. So if you're a Saints better, I would get your money in early while you can because I think it's going to go the opposite way. And I think it's going to go back towards the Rams. I think it's going to go back I towards think, the Rams. I actually think it's going to go the other way. I think we may see this one go the well, other way. Okay, yeah. So back towards the Rams. We're saying the same thing in a different manner. I agree with you. Okay. Uh, so you think it may close at about, uh, you know, Saints? Actually, I don't know. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I mean, call, call it, yeah, call it Saints. You know, I'm saying plus 118 right now. Uh, let's say it, it closes at Saints, you know, plus 110 or plus 108 or something like that. Okay. Um, I think public money will come in on the Saints. Uh, yes, then and, we definitely do agree. <laughs> yeah, so we definitely agree. Uh, and I just, uh, this is the sort of thing, you know, a lot of people don't like to bet early. And in fact, stag capital, we, we try not to bet early if we can at all avoid it. Um, but well, I think you're the gonna, biggest advantages, though, right? It, if it you're can. right on your handicap. it off, Yes, you got to be right on your handicap. And that's since we're playing the value game, it's not, we're not really necessarily taken aside. But this is the sort of thing that your bet will look good in retrospect because when you get the Saints yes. at plus 118 or maybe plus 120 and then it gets driven down, you're like, oh, God, I got this. Good. And then you got the great price. And it doesn't matter what you bet because if you got the great price, that's what you want. At the end of the day, put your money where the best value is. You will come out a winner. Uh, and that's what I'm trying to do here. Well said. All right. Well, this is might as well be called the Believe in Betting LA Bowl because we have my childhood team, the Broncos, hosting your childhood team, the Bears, no one else cares about this game whatsoever. We saw the Bears' offense last week on Thursday. How did they look, Chris? Do we have enough time? Do we have <laughs> how many hours can we add to this? We podcast? saw the Bears' offense look absolutely anemic last Thursday. We saw the Broncos in prime time this Monday. How did they look, Chris? They didn't look great either. But they looked <laughs> abysmal. So we have potentially the two worst offenses. In the entire league, they're facing off against each other. Uh, this is an interesting game because, of course, Vic Fangio, head coach of the Denver Broncos, was defensive coordinator for the Bears the last several seasons. He knows, without a doubt, every single weakness that Mitch Trubisky has. And right now, that is very many of them. So Weaknesses I think this, are all – that's the answer. All things are his weakness. Yes. Um, so I think we're going to see a super slow pace game, a dearth of scoring. I mean – 
this is already the lowest over-under, of the, the lowest total of this week by three points. I don't think it's anywhere near as low it should be. I think this would be about 36 and a half, 35 and a half. I think we're going to see a 13 to 10 game, 17 to 14 kind of game. This is going to be an ugly, sloppy, grinded out game here. Look, the Bears defense is still tremendously talented. They're going to want to show their old boss. They still got it. The Broncos defense, for as bad as they looked at times Monday night against the Raiders, they're going to be just fine throughout the season. I do feel very strongly about that. And let's be honest, hosting the Bears is going to make them look artificially much better than they probably actually are here. So I got an interesting stat for you here. Broncos, home openers, the last 21 seasons, their record 20-1 straight up here. The Broncos are a two-and-a-half-point dog. Uh, the Broncos don't lose games at home in weeks one or two, especially the home opener. And that's been against very good teams as well. Get, just just blank that Monday night game out of your mind here. The Broncos, just think of them as a team that, that only plays well at home uh, in, in the first weeks of the of the season. Uh, I think we're going to see the Broncos not only win this game, uh, to cover this game, I think we're going to see them win outright. I also like the under a lot here. So I'm taking both Broncos money line, Broncos plus two and a half. And my, my favorite bet of this game is, of course, the under. Put as much as you feel comfortable doing that, three, four, five units on that under. It may feel strange, 40.5, but when it's, 3 nothing at halftime, and you're going to feel really good about that bet. Uh, so not only have the Broncos won tw- – they've gone 21 in home openers. Over the last eight years, the Broncos have won 12 straight in weeks one or two. The Bears have lost their first road game of the season in four straight seasons. So this one sets up well, I really think, for the Broncos, as bad as they've looked. This is also a really good survivor spot, believe it or not. If you, if you, want, if you have one of those leagues uh, where you can buy back in – you're not going to use the Broncos probably again this season. So this is a good spot to use the Broncos. They're, you're going to be one of the very few in your pool that takes that. Any final thoughts here, Chris? Week three, college football. Week two of the NFL. Find a place. Maybe it's my bookie. Maybe you tweeted my bookie and say, hey, my bookie, I want odds on this. That the Bear defense will outscore the Bear offense. If you can get that bet down, yeah. take it all day. How about I think- total defenses outscoring total offenses? Yeah, anything of that <laughs> anything of that nature. Uh, I couldn't be more down on the Bears. I've been just beside my. I can't get angry enough about it. I, I right, we're gonna cut you off before this podcast goes for another yeah, sixty minutes. Exactly. Uh, both exactly. these teams uh, were extremely disappointing. I think if anyone's gonna bounce back and have a good year, it's the Bears. But obviously, if they fall here uh, to zero and two, that's gonna be a tall task. And that's why I recommended taking the Bears under nine wins uh, in the beginning of the season. I thought it was a, a nice. Uh, kind of a regression to the mean here in the Bears. It's finally a hard schedule after having one of the easiest in the NFL a season ago. That was episode 13 of Believe in Betting LA. Hopefully you can take Chris's picks and keep winning some money. If you take mine, you're probably losing uh, a slight amount of money, but hopefully I'll get uh, into some winning ways here in week three of college football, week two of NFL. So for Chris, for Sack Capital, for the Believe Podcast Network, I am Sam Maxwell. You're listening to Believe in Betting LA episode 13. Thank you for listening. See you guys next Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Believe. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.